Revelation 12:11 And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives to the death. Welcome to By the Word of Their Testimony and here is your host Etienne McClintock. Dear listener, greetings and a warm welcome. Thank you for joining me on the program again today. I'm delighted to have your company. And with me in the studio, I have very special guests all the way from West Frankfort, Illinois in the USA. And we have Pastor John Loma King. Good to be here. Welcome, Pastor John. It's lovely to have you in the studio. And we have his dear wife, Angela Loma King. Thank Angela, you. welcome. Thank you so much. Now, Happy to be in Australia. It's lovely to have you here. We've just had the homecoming program. Yes. And you've been across here. You've been able to share. And it's been a real blessing. I know many people have been blessed by it. But what I'm excited about is that we can actually have your voices, which are well known across the airways with 3ABN Australia Radio, Pastor John preaches and presents messages quite often, and we take even the audio from the television programs at times and broadcast that. And then, of course, Angela, you run the Crossroads program, which we also broadcast here. And we normally kick that off on a Sunday morning. Uh-huh. I think it's around 9 or 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So people would be used to hearing your voice and your interviews all the way from the USA. Wow, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, so it's wonderful to have you in the Amen. studio. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, Perhaps we can just step back. Some people may know what you do, but a lot of our listeners probably out there wouldn't know. So, Pastor John, what is your role at the moment? Because you work at 3ABN, but you also do other things. Well, I'm a pastor in the Illinois Conference uh, of Seventh-day Adventists in America, first and foremost. But I'm also, I work with 3ABN. I pastor the church in Thompsonville, Illinois. Now, 3ABN is West Frankfurt and Thompsonville. And it's a very small community, very close together. So just a matter of, oh, maybe a tenth of a mile away, if even that far, is the church from the main 3ABN headquarter. And that's where we have been for the last 15 years. And it's a beautiful church. Beautiful. I I attended last year at the spring camp meeting there last year. Mm -hmm. And what a beautiful facility God has blessed blessed you with, not only the church, but also for 3ABN to have access to it as their worship center. It works every day. They do a lot of production there. It's, mm. I think, Studio E, the newest one, the largest one. And um, to be the pastor there in a ministry that is impacting the world, when I know how many people could have been in that position, it's a humbling thing. Mm. And we don't handle that position as celebrities, but simply as my wife and I, we have the saying, we're, we're just simply the lampshade and Jesus is the light. Oh, I love that. And so we're just reflect, reflecting his glory and, mm. and being excited about the truth that he gives us the chance to share. Amen. And uh, that's the nice part about it. But then I also do programs on 3ABN. Sometimes mm. I host a Today program or we have a daily, uh, I, I think it's weekly, uh, uh, house calls program with Pastor John Stanton, Bible yes. Answers. Yes, I've seen so that. So it's fun answering Bible questions. Mm. And then every Wednesday night we have a, a live program, actually live in the United States, but a seen in various time zones around the world sure. called A Sharper Focus, Yes, which we try to make it as live as we possibly can. But 
Obviously, when I'm out of town, like here in Australia, we do a repeat. That's another Bible topic. We take one topic after the other, whatever it is, and uh, cover it every Wednesday night. It's mm. fun to do that. So, you, okay, so you, you're, you're pastor at church, but you're also very much involved with 3ABN. But you also have a title with 3ABN, isn't that right, in regards to evangelism? That's right, Director of World Evangelism. Now, that's a huge title. I think the Lord is really the director. <laughs> <laughs> We're just the under-directors. Okay. Uh, he's the chief shepherd. He guides us to where he wants us to go and do mm. evangelism, which is fun. We've had, uh, it's exciting. When I say fun, I think that the ministry needs to be fulfilling, if you are doing something that doesn't give you joy or gives you excitement or or drives you with a passion on a day-by-day basis, then I think that life is very unfulfilling. It could, could, could be quite humdrum, but we enjoy what we do at the ReABN. Mm. Yeah, now, if you don't enjoy what you do in life, they reckon every single day is, is a lab- laborious day. But if you enjoy what you do, it's fun. You're, mm. you're, you're working on your hobby, really, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, praise God. And... Angela, so you're obviously awake quite often with Pastor John when he travels, but you also do the radio program. So how do you fit that into your schedule? Uh, do you do other things at radio as well, or are you primarily responsible for Crossroads? Well, I host the program, as you mentioned, Crossroads, yes. and I also edit. Oh, well, edit. that takes a little bit of work sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I, matter of fact, I run the board for myself when I do the Crossroads program, so ah. I'm the engineer. Sound engineer as well as the host, yeah. As well as the host. I have to multitask like many of us do here at 3ABN. Yes. And I um, I edit, mm. edit programs. So uh, that's, and that's exciting, something I've never done before. So I edit television programs. I edit, oh, really? yes, radio programs. And it's, a, it's quite a bit of work. Yes, it it's is. a lot of work. I edit Anchors of Truth, um, our Thompsonville Worship Hour, mm. so many things I edit, and it's a joy doing it because I, I know many people will be blessed by it. Okay, well, I didn't realize that your editing um, profile extended that widely because those programs you just mentioned we actually broadcast here as well. Ah, mm-hmm. okay. Oh, that's really exciting. <laughs> you know, what's amazing about what my wife is doing now is uh, before we moved to the Midwest, before we moved to 3ABN, if I talked about a wave file, uh, for those of you who may be listening, if you're uh, audio technically savvy, then you know what that means. But mm. if you don't know, the, when you're speaking audio, the computer is recording a file that looks, it has peaks and valleys, and it's a wave file. That's right, yes. And uh, when I tried to show my wife a wave file when we lived in California, she would pick up her hand and wave at me. <laughs> that's, that's the only wave file I got. Oh, okay. <laughs> she didn't know and didn't really care about a wave file, no, but now the Lord. Which shows when the Lord calls you, He equips, equips you. you. Yes. Amen. And now she's way better at audio um, editing audio wave files than I am. I can't look at a file and tell that's a spike or drift or just noise. Mm. And I watch her edit, and she's she's cutting stuff out as she's listening. And I'm thinking, what if you just cut out a word? She said, that's not a word. I said, well, how do you know? And she lets, lets me hear it. It's like a okay. all that stuff that you're going to edit out. Yes, yes. <laughs> that's for effect. Wow. You know, I believe that as well. If God calls you, he enables you. All yes. his biddings are enablings. Amen. That's right. Yeah, so praise God. Well, thank you for telling us what you're currently involved in. Uh, I almost felt tired listening to you. But, uh, <laughs> a lot of work. Yeah. Perhaps we could step back right to the very beginning. You can tell us a little bit about where you were born and your family influences, because obviously you're both very dedicated to God's cause and his work. So Amen. Uh, 
if your life didn't start well, it's ended well and it's continuing well. You mm-hmm. know, so uh, perhaps we can start at the very beginning and you can t- talk about that a little bit. Well, I was born and raised in New York City. Mm. Uh, born uh, to a mom and dad that were not married. Uh, my mom was a young Filipino French girl that came from the Virgin Islands to mm. New York City and where she met my dad, a man by the name of Johnny Parker. He was a well known jazz musician. Right. Um, he played jazz for more than 60 years with all the jazz greats. Life magazine did an article with all of them, and his picture is right there in the center of it. Hmm. I did not know him. I did not know my mom. And being raised in New York City, I was left by my mom and dad in the home of an Adventist babysitter when okay. I was only three months old and my sister was three years old. We were both left hmm. at an Adventist babysitter, and they never came back. Wow. And so my life began, and I like to say it's from tragedy to triumph. Mm. Uh, I had an opportunity to release the story of our lives together. It was called Abandoned But Not Alone. We're going to put that back in circulation because many requests have come. This is a book? A book I wrote about my life story, Abandoned But Not Alone. So that's kind of where mine began. Hmm. I'll give my wife a chance before I go so far ahead. Yes, Angela. So, yeah. yeah. Did your life also start in similar fashion, or did, did you bring, uh, grow up at, at home with your parents? Yeah. My, my home life is quite different from my husband. Hmm. I was born in, well, almost, uh, raised a little bit in England. I was born in a place called Derbyshire in the Midlands in England. My parents are Jamaican. They came from Jamaica and moved to England. And... Uh, five children were born in Jamaica, and when my parents moved to England, the last three was born in England. I'm the youngest of eight. So you were born in England? Okay. Yes, yes. So there's a, there's a posh quality to your accent that I hear every <laughs> now and then, so that explains it. Okay. Yeah. So after my father passed away in Derby, there, Derbyshire, mm. England, he left my mother with eight children. Wow. So. My mom migrated, all of us did, in different years, but eventually we all migrated to New York where my mother's sister lived in Brooklyn. Okay. And we lived in Brooklyn, and my mom bought a home, did not get any public assistance, and she raised all eight of us mm. by the grace of God. Wow. And, yeah. And was your mom a Christian lady? She was a Seventh-day Adventist Christian. She and my dad. He died of a heart attack, so it was sudden. Mm. Wow. I'm sorry mm. to hear that. Mm. Wow. And how old were you when your your dad passed away? I was four years old oh, and the youngest of eight, as I mentioned, and mm. the oldest was 16 years old. And so we had to leave England and... Uh, as I mentioned, we moved to Brooklyn, and mm. that's where my life really took off. I was just a child when we moved to Brooklyn. I was about seven years old, yeah. and uh, we went to the local Seventh-day Adventist church. My mother worked very, very hard. She had two, three jobs wow. to make ends meet, and she was an amazing woman. She sounds incredible with mm-hmm. that kind of commitment, but obviously raising eight children, yeah. that's quite a demand. And financially, you'd have to just try and keep oh. head above water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she kept us grounded in the church, in the Lord. Mm. And every Friday night, we'd have family worship, and she would pray with us. Just She put the love of God in our hearts from when we were very young. Mm. 
And I will always admire that about her. She gave us our foundation. So although your mum was away a lot working, whenever she had the time with you, there was special time and she made sure that that spiritual connection was there. Always. Praise God for faithful Mm -hmm. faithful Mm -hmm. mums and dads. (laughs) Yes. Wonderful. So you're both in Brooklyn now. We're both in Brooklyn. How how quickly did your paths cross? Was it when you were teenagers Teenagers. or at an earlier? Teenagers. We were both in a church of 1,200 members. A, a lot church. of young people. We went there from young, did not know each other. We met for the first time. That is, we're introduced to each other at 16 years old. I, I took notice of her when I was about 14 or 15. Right. But I thought to myself, "There's no. I have no chance. This woman okay. is too beautiful. You know, a young teenage boy looking at a gorgeous girl coming to church every Sabbath and looking at her from a distance mm. and thinking, well, don't even try it. <laughs> and so two years passed before a mutual friend of ours uh, introduced us to each other. Mm-hmm. And the rest is history. Mm-hmm. Mm, he's still a friend, obviously, if he did such a good job at uh, Well, we lost track of him over oh, the years. I think his role was just to introduce us. Right. Because <laughs> yeah. really, know. after that, we didn't really have a whole lot no. of him in our lives for whatever reason. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually don't even know where he is. No, mm. no. It's been many years. Right. So that, you, that was when you were 16 that you got introduced, around about yes. that age. Okay, wonderful. And I was a rebel with a cause. Uh, my mom, the lady who raised me, yes. passed away when I was 12 years old, going on 13. So I lost my immediate anchor to the church mm. and becoming you know, sad and no one there for me because the man who was raising me was not a Christian. So there was no push to have family worship. There was no real God in the home, Mm. and my sister being 16 years old, three years older than I am, was the one that just, she lost her anchor also, and her friends in her high school became the immediate influence, so she went out into the world and partying, and I followed her being older than me Mm. into that kind of life, and that's the life I was living when Angela and I met. Okay, so you were, you were still attending church at the time? Was that a, was it an infrequent attending? It or? was attending out of obligation and out of okay. habit, but not out of commitment to Christ. Right. Well, well once again, you had the foundation that like was I key. did. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So you had some good influences uh, growing oh, yeah. up, but at the same time, there were also secular influences with the other gentleman uh, that was helping raise you as well because he was not a, a Christian himself. And he wasn't really influencing me much because he was such a tender person. He wouldn't say to my, to Mama Haynes or the lady who raised me, mm. he wouldn't, he would not insist that she do anything on the Sabbath that was violating her conscience. Okay. He wasn't a mean person in the sense of uh, wicked or uh, not nice to her, mm. even to us. So very, a, dec- a decent person. Very decent yeah. man very from Barbados, hmm. and she was from Trinidad. So they had that real good, solid grounding West Indian home mm. where discipline was very much a part of the home. Uh, sitting down and eating dinner as family was something we did. He he was the one that was a breadwinner, meaning he worked, yes. and she didn't have any job outside of the home. Okay. But if you're a mother and listening to this program, uh, you know that the real job is raising children, mm-hmm. and not that other jobs are not, but she was the one that stuck close to home. And everything that we got in our home was because she was an influence on him. And they had a very loving relationship. They would express it in front of us and may hug. And so I'm still to this day a huggy 
kind of a husband. That's nice. Because yes, I is. saw that I saw their love expressed before us, and they laughed a lot, and we joked a lot, and I think I got a lot of my jokey ways because we'd be at the dinner table laughing at things, and yeah. and she would say, "George, it's dinner time," and he would say, "Oh, you know, like lighten up." That's not the word he used, but whatever term it was, it was kind of like, "Oh, we're just having fun," mm-hmm. and we were always in church. Yeah. Got to church early every Sabbath. From Sabbath school all the way till the church closed up at Saturday wow. night. It was wow. kind of customary though in the West Indian home, mm. which Angie, know, Angela knows about Car- that Caribbean home. Caribbean home, yes, mm-hmm. very customary in Caribbean home. The church, the family is the the church uh, surrounds the family, and the family surrounds the church. So mm. it was not unusual. So by the time we met, I had a lot of that foundation. That, as the Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. Yes. So even though I was in some sense, drifting, I didn't forget what I was taught. Mm. And that just stayed yeah. as almost a, almost as a, a hum in the background. And I couldn't, I couldn't stamp out that sound. Right. So it sounds like you had a, actually quite a good upbringing because of those disciplines. Let me say probably the, the house structure where meals were, uh, you know, ha- you had meals together. Good cook meals and, every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that that sounds fantastic because a lot of families nowadays that's that's not that common anymore. It's mm. normally a, a, a tally meal. You eat in front of the television, or yeah. they eat at different times, yeah. or they snack and then they're not hungry. So true. And quite often, even you know, people might be in each other's company, mm-hmm. but the uh, mobile devices, you know, the smartphones mm. and all that, mm-hmm. they are such a distraction yes. within families nowadays. Yeah. I know. I mean, Angie, remember growing up. Well, at least in my neighborhood, and I know what I think was true in, in New York period, young people were outside of the house most oh, of the time. Oh, playing hopscotch, jump rope. That was back then. And today you don't see that. Ride your bicycles, mm. play with your friends, play jacks. We Baseball, had some, yeah, all those kinds outside. Of you don't see that anymore. And those are free entertainments and, and you know, yes. spending time with your friends. Yes. And yeah. we'd come in, in the house in the evening, but we'd be outside the house all day long. Now, this culture today... Young people, you don't even hardly see them. They're locked to their television, like you said, their devices and mm. video game consoles. It's a quite a different world. It is. So yeah. we, we knew who lived in our neighborhood, but a lot of neighborhoods today, outside of just seeing people pass by or get in their car and go to school or work, you don't really know who lives in the community. That's true, yeah. But we knew who almost— So uh, you, how you knew you, most huh? of your neighbors— yeah, I did too. Yeah. People next door, you know, like you said, people today, they don't really know their neighbors. Mm. Yeah, we played with each other, had so much fun together growing up. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, we've lost that sense of community, yeah. I think, unfortunately. Yeah, a yeah. sense of community. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So if we can uh, maybe just step back a little bit. Uh, at some stage in your life, you would have been confronted with the truth of Christ's love for you and him being your savior, creator sustainer. Uh, what time in your life, Angela, would you have said that uh, that became something that you became very aware of and that you were confronted with having to make a decision for the Lord? Hmm. When I was a teenager, huh, I would say, uh, growing up in the church, and I kind of drifted myself hmm. with my um, cousins. We would go to parties and things like that for a while. Yes. And after a while, I'm like, there's nothing to it. But my mom didn't know we, I, we were going to a party. Right. <laughs> I would okay. be in big trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we went to the parties and just because when we spent the night at a relative's house, that's how it was because we were not allowed to spend the night at a friend's house. Mm-hmm. It had to be a relative. Mm-hmm. And 
it was just a, a we just kind of did things of the world, but not we wouldn't get deep into drugs and smoking mm. and all that. We wouldn't get into that. It was just like the the dance scene, so to speak. Right. Yeah, going out for a while, and after a while, I said, "This is not for me," because I was still going to church every Sabbath. My mm. mother would take us to church. And we would go every single Sabbath, and we'd go to Wednesday night prayer meetings. Mm-hmm. We were very, my mom was very dedicated that way. And at the time, I thought it was so boring. But mm-hmm. I had mm-hmm. to have my own relationship with the Lord. Yes. I had to have that. And I did. I had my relationship. I started praying on my own. Mm. I started to read. Well, not as often as I would like, but I started to read yes. the Word of God and, and some Spirit of Prophecy books. I started doing that. And then the, I Can you think of anything, sorry to interrupt you there, but can yes. you think of anything that perhaps encouraged you or is it just the Spirit of God moving on you just saying, look, you, you need to get into the Word a little bit more and learn a little bit more of me? Yeah, I think it's more the Spirit of God working mm. on my heart. Because being raised in New York City, there's so much to do, so many things to distract you. No doubt. And so I had to stay focused on the Lord. I had to. Mm. And when I was a little girl, (laughs) my brothers and sisters used to say, I used to say to them, study your Sabbath school lesson, study your Sabbath school lesson. Mm -hmm. And I would do that to them all the time. And and so they used to get mad at me for saying that. They'd say, where's your Sabbath school lesson? You're supposed to study your Sabbath school lesson. <laughs> wow, because the Lord has helped using you to remind them yeah. to get into the Bible studies. Wonderful. Yeah. As a child, I did that. And she still does. Still does. <laughs> I mean, she still does. Do, right? She still does with her sister. Yeah. Did you yeah, read that true. today? Yeah. Well, I was busy. Did you go to church today? I was tired. I'm tired. How could you stay home? Yeah. And, and okay. what was nice about that to segue mm, is yeah. when we met at 16, if Angie didn't have, I say Angie affectionately, mm. uh, but if Angela didn't have that kind of push in her life, she needed that to be able to bring me back. Right. Mm. Because I was kind of like, if you could get this picture in your mind, I was walking around the swimming pool on a very hot day, and I was refusing to jump in the water to find any relief. So I was walking around the church, and there right in front of me was this, was this pool called the Relationship with Jesus. And I was very close to it, but I was just walking around the edge. Walking mm. in your own charade. In my own charades. Oh, there's a song mm-hmm. called Never Alone. That you wrote that's on yeah. your CD. In fact, if we could that. get a chance, maybe in the second half of the program, we could kind of okay. introduce a bit of it. Because yes. that tells my story. That mm-hmm. song I wrote, Thank You, Honey. Mm-hmm. Oh. And, um, but in my wandering... Wow, the song is right in my head yeah. now. Um, in my wandering, the Lord never left me. Never. Mm. And that's why the song is entitled Never Alone. And the book I wrote cause is Abandoned But Not Alone. Mm. So those terms, and by the way, I'll share something at the end of this program okay. kind of uh, to show you what came out of that book. I remember putting that saying that is about our journey together in the back of that book, and I'll share that with mm. our listeners. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we were never alone, and it takes— never. It takes. It took her strength as a spiritual young lady to to um, refuse to let me go, mm. and that's why. Uh, mm-hmm. Eventually, we'll tell you the part. I think in the next hour we're going to hold on to that. Okay. How that came about, <laughs> where that breakthrough came. How do you get a dish jockey, a gambler, a mm-hmm. pool hustler, a partier? How do you get a guy that's living for the world and that's his passion mm. from Thursday to Sunday? How do you get him back into the church? 
I'll tell you how Angie did that, how the Lord did that through Angie's yeah. life. I, I, I understand that that is quite remarkable because I know, for example, when uh, my wife and myself, well, we weren't married at the time, but uh, mm. when we got back together because we were dating for a while right. and then distance separated us, when uh, I got back with her, she was a lot more spiritually minded than I mm. was. But unfortunately, I had greater influence on her. I was a very secularly minded Christian. Oh. Going through the paces, attending church, but mm. very worldly-minded. Mm. And unfortunately, you know, for human nature being what it is, quite often the influences tend to go more secular than the other way. So praise right. God. I'm looking forward to hearing that story <laughs> and, and, how, and how that's happened. Yes. But so, Angela, you, you make that decision, and you're a committed Christian by the time that you and Pastor John's paths cross. So yes. that's, that's what you're telling me, right? Yes, yes. Mm. I was committed at that time. I still am. But at that time, I was <laughs> yeah. very committed to the Lord. I, I, My relationship with the Lord to me was so important, and it still is. It's very important to have a one-to-one relationship mm. with the Lord. I cannot go to heaven on my mother's shoulders or my brother's sister, husband. It's my relationship with the Lord. That's right. Is the most important relationship. Mm. And and that's how I the Lord put that in me from I was a child. And my mom, she believed in train up a child in the way they should go. When they were old, they will not depart from it. Mm. And so that was instilled in me and I took that very seriously. The precious Uh, Lord in my life, that the way the Lord came into my life, how he used me in such a marvelous way, which we're going to learn in the second portion of this program, how I give all the praise to him because it wasn't me. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I was just a willing vessel, Mm. willing to be uh, led by the Lord, to have the Lord use me and guide me. And all the Lord is looking for are people that are willing. Amen. Yes. You know, the Bible talks about that. If you are Mm. willing and able, you shall eat of the good of the land. Mm. And and that's what I I am praising God. I want to serve him. That's all I want to do is serve my Lord. Amen. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. It's encouraging. Well, dear listener, you are listening to By the Word of Their Testimony. And in the studio, I have very special guests from 3ABN USA. We have Pastor John Lomaking and his dear wife, Angela Lomaking, both voices that you would have heard on our radio station many a time. Now, I look forward to you unpacking that relationship when you met and how one influenced the other. Now, typically, as we said before, the influence of the the bad typically normally dominates the influence of the good. But in this instance, we have a beautiful story where the, the goodness of God through one person influenced the other person. And the results are evident for themselves. They speak for themselves. So, dear listeners, stay tuned. We're just going to take a short break here, and we'll be right back after this message. Linger at the table. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in Him. Someone once said there's a special bond of fellowship when people linger around a table, around good food. In Scripture, God uses the imagery of food around a table time and time again to try and instill upon our minds the kind of intimate bond He wants with us. He wants to spend time. So why not make your mealtime a reminder to invite God into your day? Let Him commune with you. Don't just thank Him for your food and ask for a blessing upon it. Have a conversation. Open up your heart to God as you would to a friend. So today, Use your meals as a reminder of God's great love for you. 
And remember, live your faith and have a blessed day. Dear listener, welcome back. We're glad that you're still with us. And in the studio, my special guest on By the Word of Their Testimony is Pastor John Lomaking. Good to be here. And his dear wife, Angela Lomaking. Thank you. Excited to be with you here in Australia. It's wonderful to have you. And as I said before, your voices are very familiar to our listening audience out there. But just before the break, you were telling us about how you'd met at church. And Pastor John, you were mentioning that you were a little bit of a rebel back then. You had one foot in the church and uh, and a foot out in the world. And uh, Angela, you were saying that at that time you were spending time with the Lord. You were dedicated to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And we were really curious to hear, I know ultimately what happened long term, but curious to hear how these influences work together because they are typically not compatible. One influences one or the other, and you can go left or right. So uh, which way did you end up going at that you time? You know, you're right, because remember, honey, at one time I was kind of going with you to the parties mm-hmm. at one time when we just started dating. And when I had a friend that had a, uh, a party at home and she needed music, I recommended you. <laughs> That's true. And so there was a time I was being influenced by him. Okay. And after that, I'm like, wait a minute. So is this music I mean, as in singing or DJing? Or DJing. DJing. Oh, yeah, more yeah, DJing. DJing. So there was Secular. some brief erosion, but the Lord retrofitted her. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> I like that. I like, yeah, I like, I like that, that, honey. Too. I like that. And he pulled me back because I could have easily gone with him into sure. the world. And easily. You know, that happens more often than not, doesn't it? It does. It yeah. does. And, you know, there's, I always say this, there's a lot of power that women have over a man. Mm. They could either... Hold them, or how do I say it, honey? Right, they could join, they could lead them away from the Lord, or be influential yeah. to yes. bring them to the to Lord. To help them, to that, yeah, that is yeah. True. And and that's what happened with us. After a while, because I was going with him to some of the parties, and then after a while, I'm like, no, I'm not doing this. I mm. am not doing this. And he started going to um, all kind of clubs. He was getting. Deep, weren't you? Wow. Into the club scene. So this is now after you had uh, met each other. After yeah. we met. And we wow. were dating, and he mm. was getting deep into the club scene. And once he had a party in the World Trade Center on the 44th floor, Windows oh, wow. of the World, it was called. Mm-hmm. And it it overlooked New York City. It's just a beautiful place. And I found out he was going to be there. Oh. And it was a Friday night. He was going to, he's doing the music to have people dance. <laughs> and so I found out he was going to be there. So I went to the club where he was at in the World Trade Center. Mm. And I looked at, I got there and he had his headsets on, just moving and, and everybody's dancing. I said, John, what are you doing here? It's Friday night. It's a Sabbath. Mm. He says, I'll be home. I Don't worry about me. Don't worry about me. I said, no, you don't belong here. Wow. He says, go home. Don't worry about me. I'm okay. I'm okay. Didn't you say that? I remember her being there and I could see her emerging out of the shadows. You know, most <laughs> of the parties are dark with different color lights and, mm. and because of the location of the party on the 44th floor the, the the city is lit up all around the building and you could just it's that kind of atmosphere very clubby mm. and I could see her emerging this first a silhouette and she came to me and I said what are you doing here she said it's the Sabbath you know you should not be here Wow. And I remember shooing her away. Yeah, he did. And I remember telling that story a few years ago, and, and the thought that came back to my mind was one of my speaker cabinets began to smoke. 
Oh. It's like the Lord was saying, I could burn this thing down right now. Yeah. Right. So don't shoo away my servant that's trying to get your attention. She was your servant. And that night, uh, I did go home late into the night, uh, Sabbath morning, but it, you know, the, the erosion was taking place in my life. Mm. But she never forgot that I said, I'll be at church tomorrow. Needless to say, she was throwing pebbles at my window this early Sabbath morning, and my my dad let her in. The man that was raising me let her into the house. She woke me up, ironed my clothes, made me go shower, and went downstairs waiting for me to get dressed to go to church. She dragged me to church. I was not asleep too many hours because I came home about 4, 4.30 oh. in the morning, and I sat there in church and just nodded between the sermon, sitting toward the back in a 1,200-member church. Mm. But she didn't, wouldn't stop. She just kept going, kept going, kept going. And that was the—see, while I was being eroded, the Lord sent her to chisel away at the world in me. Yes. Until—and then family worship was where that connection became very, very real. Mm. Her family had worship every Friday night. And the Lord c- kept inviting me when— Tell them about when I first started with family worship. That's interesting. I like the way that Angie tells the story. Right, okay. <laughs> well, on Friday nights, we'd have, as you mentioned, family worship, and we'd sing songs and read the Bible. It was very nice, and here we are, young people. At this time, we're about 19 years old. And I said, John, come to my house for um, worship. He's like, oh, okay. He came over. My mom, that was the only— and. Well, you came over, and we had a wonderful time. Mm-hmm. You were involved. You, you were actually a little quiet. And my mother said to him, John, would you read the scripture? And she gave him the scripture to read. He had mm. the Bible in his hand. And I can't remember what the scripture was, but for instance, John three sixteen, he had the Bible in his hands, and he went like this. God so 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 la 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 love the 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 world. Oh <laughs> really? Beads of perspiration was on the Bible, just pouring oh, down. Sweating on the Bible. <laughs> but you you don't typically have a stutter, do you? Never. No, I'm just nervous. Oh. I'm, I'm living for the devil and reading the Lord's book. <laughs> oh, okay. Just like uh, I don't know this guy, but uh, okay, yeah. I'll read it. <laughs> I'll fight my way through it. Yeah, wow, it's kind of the nervousness. So. The guy you see now and the guy I was then. Mm. Yeah. I wouldn't recognize that guy because of who I know now. No, no. And so he continued reading, and I said, oh, he can't read. (laughs) But he could read, but he was very nervous nervous because, you know, my family was there. And they're all looking at him. So this is all your Bible. siblings as well? So this is quite yeah. a number of people. It's not yeah. just a handful, is well, it? Well, there's about a, a few older ones that weren't there. So it's about six six of us. Right, okay. about six of you there. Mm-hmm. Mm. Six of us there, including my, and then my mom was seven. So he read that. And then that evening I said, John, let's read this book called The Great Controversy. Oh, I took the book, and I said to him, have you seen this book? He said, yeah, when Mama was alive. I said, come on, let's read it. Where did we read? Where did we start, honey? I'm in the world, and the first chapter I read in The Great Controversy was The Time of Trouble. Oh, so you didn't didn't start at the very front. It terrified terrified the devil in me and (laughs) stupefied the enemy in me. And I really thought, wow. This shook me up, and then we didn't mm-hmm. stop, and then we continued in another chapter called the, like the Promises of Christ's Second Coming or the Promises of, of His Return. Yes. 
it broke through this hard shell mm. and, and, and and let me see. And I fell to my knees yes. right by her couch and began to cry profusely, oh, saying, yes. Lord, forgive me. Please forgive me. Mm-hmm. Because all that I had known just came flooding back like a cascade of this is the reality. Yes. Mm. And that Friday evening, I would go to work at the Bank of America in mm. Wall Street area, and I would take my pool stick for playing billiards and my boombox, a big radio. Right. That was what I did at lunchtime. I either partied or played pool. Mm. And then that was a Friday evening. Monday morning, I went back to work with a Bible and the great controversy mm-hmm. in just a matter of two days. Two days. Yeah. I was so on fire for the Lord. In New York oh. City, you don't just walk up to people on the train and ask to give Bible studies. But I was so on fire for the Lord. I would, If people made eye contact with me on the train, I said, do you, would you like to have Bible studies? What do you work? And I was just this shameless soldier because wow. this flame got yes. lit into me. Mm. It lit in my life. And, yeah. and it happened because she refused. In her constitution, this is something I want you to share because there are a lot of young ladies that may listen to this program. And you talked about the influence earlier. Yes. You could go one way or the other. But what made you keep... What made her keep pushing was something that a lot of uh, young people, period, need to kind of hear what she has to say about. Yeah, because I think we give up too soon quite often. We just try once, but it sounded like you tried multiple times and were persistent. Yes. But the way you did it as well wasn't a a, a confrontational kind of a way. You knew that she cared about you. That's why she was doing it. Because Mm -hmm. I could hear that just in the way you were telling the story. Mm -hmm. But sorry, Mm -hmm. go ahead. Yeah, well, I wanted someone that loved the Lord. Mm. And I was willing to let him go if he was not going to follow the Lord. Wow. And I I loved him. I actually did love him. And I'm like, you know what? If he's not going to follow the Lord with me, I am willing to let him go. Mm. And so I wanted someone that would love the Lord first and become a Seventh-day Adventist like I was. I didn't want to be unequally yoked. Mm. I wanted someone to be on the same page with me. We could go to church together. We could worship the Lord together in the same beliefs. And so I I was so excited to know that the Lord broke through into his heart in Mm. such an incredible way that Friday night. When he cried, I cried. It was just... He and I, because my family had gone, um, we had a big house, so they were in another part of the house. And it was just he and I and the Lord. Mm. And it was an incredible time how the Lord used it. Oh, it was so special. And from there on, and next thing you know, we got baptized together, rebaptized. It was just beautiful. It was a new walk we had together with the Lord. And I am just so excited to see how far we've come from way back then to where we are today. But, you know, there are ladies out there, young ladies, that would rather anybody, because they love them, they quote-unquote love that guy, that they'll do anything for them, to, uh, mm. you know, and go down the wrong road that That's would lead right. to destruction. I'm telling you, young ladies, do not do it. Do not compromise what the Lord has given you. Do yeah. not do it. Follow the Lord. Be willing to cut that relationship mm. off if it's not going to lead to eternal life. That's it's great. not worth it. Yeah. It's not worth it. And many young ladies today, I look back at them. They talked to me and they said to me, if I had only followed the Lord's way, mm. I wouldn't be where I am today. Mm. 
people in my family that has happened to. I have sisters that said the same thing. Mm. Angie, if I wish I had done what you have done, followed the Lord, I would have had a godly husband today, but unfortunately that didn't happen. So I'm just trying to tell these young ladies out there, follow the Lord. His plan, what does the Bible says? He has a what? A future and a hope yes. for Amen. us. Mm. I put before you two roads, life and blessings, death and cursings. Then yeah. he tells you what? Choose life. life. Amen. Right. Mm. And so uh, this is what my, uh, my constitution was, to follow the Lord, to choose the et- road that leads to eternal life. Mm. And so I am, I am just so happy to see w- the way the Lord has put us today. Mm-hmm. Yes. And continue, honey. Yeah, we could <laughs> never have planned our lives. I mean, really. So, you know, there's a song I wrote called Never Alone. Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, the lyrics are uh, accordingly, because when I look at, this is an original song I wrote on my CD called uh, Never Alone, and that's yes. the title tune. Mm. And it goes this way, walking in my own parade, hiding behind my own charade, mm. forgetting you were there. Mm. A prodigal staying on the run, searching for things that I called fun. Mm ignoring your small voice. Mm. But your love has no ending, and your grace knows no bound. For impatience you waited till my road was heaven-bound. Mm. You said you'd never leave me nor forsake mm. me, but how long will it take me? And when my wandering is through, will I be coming home to you? I know your love will pursue me, but what will it take to lead me? where I'm never, never alone. And that song that uh, the Lord led me to write, which encapsulates my story. Um, and, and then the second part, uh, which is similar, synonymous, and the two songs that I wrote, Never Alone mm-hmm. and Destined to Be One, which is a song I sing to my wife all the time in concert. Oh, beautiful. Destined to Be One. Mm-hmm. Those two songs on the CD project was written with my wife and the Lord in mind because I knew that he and I, we were destined to be one. Mm. I know that Angie and I, we were destined to be one. But we had to go on a road. Mm. And the road that we sometimes travel, although it's unfamiliar to us, mm. it's like the Lord, it's like the Lord um, on the f- 25th floor of a building. And he's looking with binoculars down a long avenue. And he sees where you're headed. Mm. He knows that there's something down there, and you are just mindless. You are meandering in the maze of mediocrity. Yes. I say pondering at the pool of popularity, yeah. negotiating at the table of the enemy, mm. and he sees where you're going, mm. and he sends someone along to just say, don't go down there. Mm. And so I think of where my life is today, and it would have been, it would have been drastically different had the Lord not sent Angela into my life. Mm. And through the years, at those pivotal moments in life, at those crossroads of life, that's a good title for her program that she does on 3ABN, at those crossroads, um, she's been my anchor. The Lord has been my anchor, but my wife has been my anchor because she's she's got her own relationship with God. Mm. So when we travel, that's why I take her everywhere with me uh, because we we have to have centrality. You know, it's one thing to preach a sermon but it's something altogether to go back to your room, your hotel room, the quietude of the evening, and feed yourself. Mm. And sometimes when I'm exhausted, she does, she'll feed 
me. She'll open the Bible and get that storm going again, get that <laughs> fire burning oh, again. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Right now we're reading through the book of Second, Second Kings, Kings together. Yes. Okay. And we are amazed at how God sees. And so for those couples that are listening to the program, you may be the man of your house, but you're not in the role that God, that God has called you to be in. Mm-hmm. And that could be the reason why your family is not as strong as it should be. I'm talking to that husband that may be driving home or listening to this program. Your wife could be everything that God intended her to be mm-hmm. if he would love her and be the priest of your home. Mm-hmm. And women, my wife, so many women said this. They said, you look at the qualities. They said, they said, I want a godly man, a man that would be the priest of our home, a man that will lead my, their family to the foot of the cross and be the anchor to be the example in the family. And I know this to be true. A lot of women would say, if he refuses to do it, I'm going to do it, Mm -hmm. Mm. but I'm not going to let my family go down because he refuses to fulfill the role. Mm -hmm. So that song, Never Alone, and uh, Destined to Be One, and if you're listening, you can get that through uh, 3abn.org. Go to the store there, and you can get that product. But um, And also on my website, johnlomaking.com. We'll talk about that later. Great. But those those things encapsulate why we are where we are today. Mm. And my wife is a strong woman, and I praise God for that partly because of her, of her relationship with the Lord, but also her mom was her example. Right. And what a strong mother mm. that she had to just give her the influence that in the storms of life, her mother was the constant. And there's so much more we don't have the time to say today. Yes. But our lives took off uh, as we were just married a, less than a year, and we got the call to join the Heritage Singers. My wife doesn't sing, but we joined together. Yes. And we didn't know what to do. And her mom said, Opportunity knocks. Once. And then she says, go. Mm. And Danny Shelton has this saying, the blessing is on the, the go. On the go. Yes. <laughs> and we don't, it's amazing that he would say that because that's how our lives began. Mm. Go. We joined Heritage and traveled around the world. Yes. That's where the desire to be in ministry was awakened. And then never planning to go to 3ABN, but uh, mm-hmm. we, we didn't even, I didn't even want to go to the Midwest. We lived in California. Didn't want to go to 3ABN. But the Lord, the conference officials refused to let me go. Oh, They kept insisting mm-hmm. I go. And the mm-hmm. blessing on the go, mm-hmm. never knowing that we would be connected with 3ABN today. Mm-hmm. Never know that we would have, that God had a plan for both of us. But the blessing is on the go. Yes. So, but getting back to the original point, that connection that God has in my wife's life has so enhanced my life as a pastor, as a, as a husband. Uh, we've we've developed what we call a commitment to the Lord. We've developed the principles of loving and forgiving yes. and strengthening one another. Mm. And, you know, we've learned that marriages last not because the couple is perfect or not because they found the secret that only they possess, yes. but because they let the Spirit of God work through their lives. Mm. When one is weak, the other is strong. When one is strong, the other is weak. Mm. And as the wise man Solomon said, two are better than one. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yes. So uh, I love my wife. Mm. I love my wife, and I praise God for who she is mm. because it makes a huge difference when those days when she has to grab me by my cheeks <laughs> or my face and she says, John, listen. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then she gets that fire going to me again in the sermon next Sabbath. I know it's going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Amen. That, that is beautiful. You know, as I'm listening to you, I remember the one time as well uh, I got into with my friends. Some of them were church friends, and we got into drinking. I never used to like drinking, but finally— 
by hanging around with them, that influence rubbed off on me and I started drinking a little bit. Luckily, I didn't like the flavor. I didn't like the taste of mm. alcohol. <laughs> but I drank probably about 10 times. And the 10th time I drank, mm-hmm. uh, I just had got engaged to Michelle and she'd never seen me drinking or anything like that. And then when she saw me and I was a little bit intoxicated, she said, you've got a choice to make. It's either you drink or it's me. I'm mm. not putting up with a man that's drinking. I'm not putting up with a man that Good says he goes to church mm-hmm. and then he drinks with his friends. I don't want a hypocrite for a that's husband. That's right. Mm. And that was the decision that I made because I always thought, oh, long term, I don't really, I know it's not the right thing to do. I don't want to get intoxicated. But she was firm enough to make help me make that decision. Yes. And I haven't touched a drop since what? that time. And that's going back 20, <laughs> 27 years now. Wow. wow. So I praise, praise God for strong, for strong women. Yes, yes, yes. So can we play that song? Can we? Do we have your permission to play that sure, song Sure, yes. Never Alone. Yes, Never Alone. Thank mm-hmm. you. Uh, let's listen to that song now, Never Alone, by Pastor John Loma King. You 
And that song was Never Alone by Pastor John Lomaking. And they are my special guests in the studio. You are listening to By the Word of Their Testimony. We will just take a short break here and share our contact details with you. And we'll be coming back right after this. Stay tuned. Thank you for joining us on By the Word of Their Testimony. If you would like more information about today's program, or if you have any questions, please contact 3ABN Australia Radio by phoning 024973. 3456 or you can send an email to radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au You can also contact us on our 3ABN Australia Radio Facebook page. We look forward to hearing from you. Dear listener, thank you for staying with us. You're on by the word of their testimony and my special guest in the studio is Pastor John Lomakang and his wife Angela Lomakang. And Pastor John, you've got a few uh, closing remarks for us. We, we just listened to that beautiful song which you uh, wrote in regards to your experience, your relationship yes. with the Lord and your life journey, mm-hmm. which was beautiful. And you've got a few uh, closing remarks that's actually part of a book that you've written about your own life. We're going to re-release it. It's called Abandoned But Not Alone. But at the very end of telling both of our stories, here's the quote that's at the end that i like to leave with you. Okay. My life is a miracle, not because I've learned to adjust but because I am a part of a divine plan. Mm. I am moving upward and onward, not because I've learned to scale the utmost heights, but because I know whose I am. I'm a child of the King. Mm. Amen. I choose not to fear life, but to live it. I look back not to lament, but to remember. I hold on not because I'm capable, but because I am wise. I look at barriers as movable, problems as solvable, heartaches as healable, and disappointments as temporary. Mm. It is not confidence in myself that gives me hope. It is Christ in me that is my hope. The experiences I've had were not designed to break me, but to make me. I am at peace because I know who I am. If in the midst of your circumstances you can see God, you are on your way to wholeness. If in the midst of your storms you can hear his voice, you are on your way to peace. To be abandoned is out of your control, but to think that you are alone is your choice. 
Wow, that's beautiful. Mm. So, dear listener, you may be feeling alone, you may be feeling abandoned, but I think the encouragement that comes from this interview today with Pastor John and Angela is one that tells you that God loves you, He cares for you, He's, he's personally interested in your life, and He has a special plan for you. And as you mentioned before, Angela, God is there to prosper us and to give us a bright future right. and a hope. So in, in closing, is there anything you'd like to say? Because I, I know with your relationship, you've told me at times that you've made some recommitments and your relationship with God has deepened. Yes. That's something that God offers us. As good as it is today, can it be better tomorrow? Yes. My wife and I have made a commitment together. Let's say this together, honey. Okay. Together, together forever, forever. Eternity in view. We're wow. living our lives not for the temporary, but for the eternal. Mm. And whatever it takes to get us there, Lord, we are giving you our complete commit permission to mm. do whatever it takes yes. to get us there. That's all that matters. When the trumpet sounds, we want to hear our names called. Yes, Amen. we do. We're in the journey for the long haul. Yes. Mm. So beautiful, so encouraging. You know, I, I, I think about those things as well. When, when we read the scriptures, and you spoke about the book Great Controversy, you're reading about things that we can only see with the, with the mind's eye, you know. That's right. But the Holy Spirit can really deeply impress that on us. The things that are seen... On this earth are temporary, as the Bible right. says, yes. but the things that are not seen, these are the things that will last forever. They are the things that are eternal. So thank you for bringing that encouragement to us. Dear listener, we pray that you've been encouraged by it as well. We pray that you'll be faithful to the Lord, and whether you're a, a devoted uh, husband or wife that loves the Lord, and you may even have a spouse that does not believe, just remember the encouragement from the testimony today that by persistence and love and concern for your spouse, you will also be able to be used by God to win them for the kingdom. Dear listener, thank you for joining us today on By the Word of Their Testimony. We look forward to catching up with you next time. Until then, God bless. You've been listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Radio.